Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to episode 49 of the Courts at Indiana podcast. This is Jim Reamer, joined as usual with by Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Yeah, another good week in the books up here. Got a little snow coming in the uh, next couple days here, so we'll see how that goes. Are you, good? Are you guys part of that winter winter weather yeah. advisory? Yeah, they're talking four to six maybe up here. We'll see yeah, what I happens. I don't think we're part of that down here. I don't know. Um, um but I mean, this this winter so far has been, a, all things considered, has been pretty good. It's there's not been any really bad weather. Yeah, definitely travel wise, for us, the games have been great. You know, and as many games that have been postponed because of or canceled because of COVID, either one, it's we've not had any weather related cancellations as far as I know. Right, right, and that's pretty unique. I know we get a bulk of them late January, early February, but. Still, by now we've had a, we've had a couple of pop ups, pop up incidents with weather. So right, right. But neither one of uh, us are meteor, meteorologists, so what, what us, us northern Indiana people can take a little snow. I I'm perfectly fine on it. <laughs> I'm a maniac when it snows. I'm like everybody needs to get out of my way because I don't. I'm still trying to go the speed limit. We had that huge snowstorm four years ago. I was I was out and about. I was fine. I was running errands and everything was shut down except uh, bars, restaurant or restaurant bars and movie theaters. So that's what I did all week. <laughs> so I was, I was fine with it. I've never had a problem driving in snow. Um, but you know, it's cause I'm usually driving the basketball games and I kind of want right. to see those enough to, to right. get it done. So we'll get us updated on recruiting, even though we, I, I put a couple on last <laughs> week on the, like a, an addendum to the, the beginning of last week's podcast, but let's go ahead and just cover all of what I sent you. And then we'll, if there's a discussion to be had, we can have it. Yeah. All right. So Donovan Barnett from Christmas Addicts got a IU Kokomo offer. Uh, Isaiah Davis continues his offers coming in and uh, he got an Indiana tech offer. So another NAI offer Mason Brooks from North Putnam and Ohio Christian offer. And then Caleb Edwards from Garen Catholic got a Michigan Dearborn offer. So lots of NAI offers looks like this week. Yeah, it was good. Caleb uh, is a kid that I didn't know much about until the fall. Played in the fall league and, and did very well. And then I, now he's having a really good year. And that's Garen kind of flies under the radar with me. I no indifference to coach Allen, but when, when coach Smith was the head coach there, just, knowing him as long as I have, I've always kind of snuck up to watch Garen a couple times a year and, and uh, just haven't done that the last two years. So Caleb's, but Caleb's been having a real, he's had a great year and it's, it's, it's good to see. I mean, Garen's pretty much always going to be at least above average to good. Obviously. And then they've obviously had some great teams as well. So um, Isaiah Davis, what, it, 
I'm trying to get to his stuff here real quick. Most of his recent offers have been NAI, right? Are they all NAI? I mean, uh, he's got like Cedarville. He's got a couple D2s. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Cedarville's D2. Yeah. And then uh, something in Kentucky or Tennessee, I think. Doesn't he have something from down there, D2 wise? You've not seen him play yet, have you? I have not. Okay. You know, he is. He's interesting in that he's at six eight. He's got um, at six eight. He has a, a good skill set. You know, he faced the basket. Yeah, he's got four four Division two offers and four NAI offers, but the all the recent ones have been from NAI schools. I don't. Don't know if that's a reflection of anything or not. If it's just Division two schools not being able, not really getting out and seeing him, right? He, he just hasn't had any. His last Division two offer was in October, so everything up to now has been everything during the season has been NAI schools: Trinity Christian, Cornerstone, Huntington, and Indiana Tech. So um, he is a he's more of a face up guy than a back the basket guy, and in a lot of ways that's fine because that's kind of where the game has gone, and he does have good range. And you, you put him in a situation where that's a bigger part of their offense. Uh, you know, he gets a chance to get more more work, more reps. He's he's going to become a more consistent shooter, as I think Aaron Rodgers just threw an interception. So <laughs> quickly flipping over to football. We're doing this at – what time are we doing this? At 445 on Sunday during the uh, Packers-Buccaneers game. So we're, we're squeezing this recording in, in between some – pretty good football right. so I, the, I like the Huntington offer for him a lot I feel like coach Alford is doing really nice things there at Huntington already shown he can recruit by some of the commitments he's gotten this last right. cycle and and uh I think I think he'd be good in the crossroads league well at all these NAI schools in Indiana are, are good options I mean obviously the crossroads league is what it is but IU East has been extremely good lately. IU Kokomo was was good last year. Um, IU Southeast has has been yep good, and then certainly Holy Cross up at Notre Dame has been was was really good last year, and probably got robbed of a chance to to well they did get robbed of a chance to compete for a championship. So it's a it's a strong level in Indiana. So Indiana kids are lucky in that regard. Still want to see Division two schools recruit the state a little bit better, or, or certainly a little bit more proactively. But I'm gathering too; they're waiting on some. They're probably projecting some transfers that might come their way. So, right, yep. Uh, Jaden Brewer played this week. Those that I'm sure, if you're listening to this podcast, you you already know that he had an injunction filed. We started to get word of that Friday morning. Uh, couldn't get it really confirmed in time to do much reporting on it, other than just hearing kind of a rumor mill thing from a couple of parents one of whom's have been Davis administrator, but it's still at the same time, you don't want to run too early with it without getting a direct confirmation from a coach or, or someone in the family. But he played this weekend. He played against uh, Center Grove and played against Decatur Central. Both games, first game he had 15 points. He had 19 points then against Decatur. Uh, they lost against Center Grove. They drilled Decatur. And Presumably, this injunction is only a week, is only has a lifespan of one week. 
I don't know if that means that there's going to be a final ruling come Thursday or Friday. Um, but I know they play Carmel on Friday and I'll probably be there. So I'll get a chance to see him, see him play either JV or varsity game. Hopefully it's a varsity game, but they basically did what, not that they did it because I said this, but they basically did what we talked about a few weeks ago, which was go ahead, get an injunction, remove Ben Davis from any sort of punishment of knowingly playing an, an ineligible player. So getting the school off the hook and then playing. And then if something happens, he loses his case and the ITSA decides they want to make Ben Davis forfeit games, then so be it. Who You know, I don't know. I mean, win-loss record's nice to have, but when you're talking about whether or not kids can play, I don't they, – they know officially they lost to Center Grove and they beat Decatur Central regardless of what, what it might reflect later. So – um, but it's good that he's playing. Definitely good. Yep. <clears throat> the still don't know, you know, it was funny cause Kyle Nedrip had a pretty good detailed write up of what the transfer situation was about. I, you know, I had not read anything fully about what the family motivation was other than just the generic, you know, mother had a work change. And, you know, he didn't realize that her, her hours at work had completely changed and it was just making it tougher for them to get him over to Avon. I don't know if Jaden drives himself. I don't know if he has his own vehicle. You know, I don't know how much of that stuff weighs in the eyes of the, the ITSA and whether or not they care. Uh, but, it, but it seems like a legitimate situation and it's too bad because I go back to the the feeling we had from the, or I had from the beginning, which was he's transferring the school in the district where he resides. And that should be allowed regardless of where you come from. Yep, so for sure. I think that's a rule that needs to be revisited and changed or, or in this case added and make it like anything else. If he went from a private school or, or a charter school to the public school in his district, none of this would be an issue. So, um, Any thoughts on that? I mean, you've not really seen him play yet. No, I haven't. You, we need to get you down to Andy more. Yeah, I know. Plenty <laughs> to cover up here. This part of the state, though. That's true. And we'll have a we'll have a normal summer this year, and we'll we'll both get a chance to see kids from different parts of the state. So, but he's dynamic. I mean, he's athletic. He he still needs to improve his jump shot, but he's a playmaker for them, and he's a guy who can finish plays, and he's he's a guy who can create plays. At six five, he's a primary ball handler. Can be, and what they've what they've been getting is is good play out of younger kids, and you know they against Beach Grove in the county tournament they had lineup of three sophomores and two freshmen, Jeez. and it, they didn't go a lot of minutes with that with that rotation, but it's still an option. And and the the one freshman doesn't play hardly at all, the other one, you know the other one does, and that's Wyndham KJ Wyndham. His older brother was on the state championship team. Oh, and, yeah. um, so, you know, he definitely adds a lot to their, to their team. I mean, they, it sort of goes without saying, but I went ahead and said it anyway. And it's, um, if he gets to continue to play, there'll be a bigger factor come 
come tournament time. You know, if not, they'll probably they're probably a year away because they really they don't they don't play a lot of seniors. So they're the games they've lost have been they just have inexperienced kids not knowing when to really step up and constantly deferring to each other, which truly is a good thing because it's it's you know it means they're unselfish kids and they're they're always looking for their teammates. So but anyway, unless you, you got anything else on that or do you have anything on that? I don't think so. I mean, I, no. I agree. I agree that if, if it's a, a district kid, he's staying in district that it should just be good to go. And I think probably what we said before about it. So hopefully he gets to continue playing for the varsity. Well, I'm going to probably see it firsthand this weekend. So hopefully he's playing at seven 30 instead of six o'clock. So uh, we're going what straight to best games, best teams, best players, or best performances? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you go first. What was your best game of the week? Okay, so I only saw two games this week. Stayed in Friday with the family. Went to two on Saturday. Uh, my best game Saturday was was uh, Chesterton coming over here to South Bend Adams. Mm, oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Travis Grayson was not in the lineup for – Chesterton and that that really that, hurt them. That's your guy. And that, and that is my guy. One of my two two uh, juniors over from the region area. Uh, yeah, but but he was out of the lineup. Uh, wasn't even in there. I knew he was a question mark coming in because he didn't play against Crown Point the night before. Oh, really? Uh, a game that Chesterton won anyway. Uh, but but this one they really missed that that point guard. Uh, COVID because related that, because of that uh, we don't know I don't know don't know coaches just said that that he was home and that's all he could discuss huh well, I, I thought he mentioned something about HIPAA stuff too so I assume that sounds like COVID yeah <laughs> which that's but that's who knows? We're, but, yeah they're not they're not NBA players signing releases right right but anyway yeah uh, Chesterton was actually winning at halftime by by one uh, they battled, they fought, they knocked down shots in the first half. They handled the, the, the Adams pressure. Second half was a little different story. They started to bend a little before they broke. Uh, they weren't knocking down those same shots that they were in the first half. But, but Adams is just so tough. They're, they're, they're my best team that I'm going to talk about later too. But, but that was the best game for sure out of the two I saw. We'll go ahead and go with that since they're so, yeah, the Adams. Best team. Adams was the best team. They're so unselfish. They're so, they're just, they're not, they're a team. If you want to call it that, I guess, obviously it's. Right. They, I mean, they're they balanced. Don't, it's, yeah, it's, they're very, very balanced. They don't worry about one person scoring. One night it can be Lynn King. The next night it can be Sidney Jeffries. I mean, that's just how they are. They roll like that. They play hard-nosed defense. They go a couple deep on the bench if they need to, to give a guy a breather or foul trouble-wise. Uh, they're just so disciplined. They're a senior-led group, very, very strong on defense. Like I said, they trap you like crazy in the ha half court. They can turn you over in the full court. They then they get out and run and finish at the rim. And they're just real, real well-oiled machine. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle some of these upcoming games on their schedule. You're going to be at one hopefully this weekend. Yeah, Saturday. They come down to 
Warren Central, which is, and it's an afternoon game, so that's good. Um, I mean, my best game of the week, you know what, I've got to hate that I have to, my brain, my brain gets fried. Um, who did Carmel play Friday? Oh, yeah, Pike. My best game of the week was, I'll just go with Lawrence North and Homestead. I mean, it's from a competitiveness standpoint, it was certainly the closest game. It, it, it went to overtime. We were able to get the final minute of each regulation in overtime live on Twitter, which was not fully intended, but Ellen tried to hold the ball in both situations. And, uh, you know, it didn't go their way either time. Homestead pretty much led the whole way. I mean, I don't uh, – Lord Store's first lead wasn't – I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think it was until like 39 to 38 or 40, 42 to 41, something like that. And uh, the the part that was – I saw some tweets following up what I was reporting uh, during the game saying things like um, that the game lived up to the, to the billing. And I, and I just didn't get that feel as I was watching it. It was an odd game. I thought Lawrence North completely – I thought they had the opportunity to completely dictate play the entire time. When they pressured Homestead, Homestead struggled. When they went into their matchup zone, Homestead destroyed it. And I don't know why – I mean, it's, you know, I was thinking that during the game, so it's not just second guessing, it was real time, first guessing, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> I don't know why Lawrence North didn't just go out there and, and just really try to man them up. You know, I, I wasn't paying attention the first couple of possessions what Lawrence North was in defensively. Homestead came out with a nice little hammer screen action for, for Luke Goody. And he got an ex, he got an outstanding look. He hit it, you know. And I can see if you're going to man up Homestead, then you're going to have to really figure out ways to guard Lawyer and Goody coming off Fletcher Lawyer and Goody coming off screens. I get that, but what happened in their matchup zone was is they had a, they did a very poor job of accounting for just simple cuts, simple cuts through the through the lane. People were getting passed off, and people were getting. The, the recoveries were late or non-existent. And at no point did they make an effort to just take Goody and Lawyer out of action. I mean, Lawyer had 27 points and he only shot one contested shot the whole game. You know, I don't know if, if L ends up the disposition to go no help on guys. And no help is not a boxing or triangle or boxing one or triangle and two. It's just simply two guys making sure that their guy doesn't catch it. And the other three guys playing three on, you know, in this case, three on three. And Goody struggled most of the game, which that was a little surprising. Otherwise Homestead may have, there would not have even been a game. He struggled to hit shots. But again, he was getting clean looks. And I just didn't understand why Lawrence North didn't just go right at him. 
every they were they tried to finesse their way through the game, which is you know, which is look, Kiefer came up through, you know, he's a he's from the Marion area, you know, and Bill Green made the the matchup zone very popular. And when you've got athletes and you've got length and you've got you've got a lot of interchangeable parts with which Ellen does, you can run that matchup zone. It's not a two, three, it's not, it's it's more like what we would have called you what UNLV would have called an amoeba defense. There is no real set formation. It takes it completely takes the shape of the offense. And there's no there's no real center presence. And so what happened last night was is you either got lawyer or goody getting open shots, of which lawyer hardly missed, or you got um, Grant Simmons wide open in the paint. I mean, they I bet they had six uncontested dump downs into the into the paint right at the rim including what was the game clinching basket and ellen was basically in scramble mode mode the whole game by their own design and homestead took full advantage of it especially lawyer he took full advantage of it and he has a pretty shot when he gets it off i mean that that ball comes off his hands easily and what he does struggle at, though, is, is handling the ball versus pressure. And that's something he's going to have to get figured out before he gets to college or before he gets any quality playing time in the Big Ten. And I wonder, too, defensively how good Homestead is because LN got to the rim whenever they wanted. Now they struggled to finish. And Avance had a really, really – Shamar Avance, as great of a year as he's had, he had a really bad first half. He had – five of their seven turnovers. He really had a hard time finishing. And as he got to play better in the second half, Ellen came back. And then that stretch where they took the lead, it was because Shamar was still getting to the rim. I mean, Ellen, I tweeted several times. They got to the rim anytime they wanted to. And other than DJ Hughes, the rest of those guys really struggled to finish. And Homestead did a nice job of making sure Gunn didn't get to the paint. And I'd like to see him do more, like to see him be more assertive. You know, they did run him off some some baseline screens, you know, to try to get him some clean looks. And I thought Homestead did a pretty good job of communicating with each other to get through those screens. But then a kid like uh, Beatty, whose name, whose first name is going to escape me now, now that I'm, he was the benefactor of them spending so much time with um, with Gunn coming up those baseline screens because he would always go the other direction. So when Gunn wouldn't be open, Caden Beatty would be. And for a while there in the first half, especially, he was keeping them in it. It was him and Hughes keeping them in it for much of the game. But I just didn't understand Lawrence North's – you know, normally we're not breaking down the game. I'm not – questioning things right. this game was such a big game I and mean, this is going to be the biggest regular season game of the year probably especially non-conference game you know before it was that it was carmel cathedral now lawrence right. north will play carmel later this month or later in the year maybe early february um and that'll certainly be a big game but as far as non-conference games this is this game in carmel cathedral at least around this part of the state are huge games 
so how these games were won, how this game was won, how this game was lost. I mean, I think Lawrence North completely gave this game away. And I, it's not to maybe take anything away from Homestead, but Homestead did not stop them from getting to the paint. Um, Homestead did a good job of not having loose ball turnovers. And obviously you got guys like, and they did a good job of finding the open man. But Lawrence North completely tried to finesse this defensively and it just didn't make sense. Now they'll come out against Carmel and try to put the wood to him. But, but I was surprised and disappointed to not see LN really just go out there and just get in their, get in their shorts and make things tough for him. Um, I was expecting Ellen to do to Homestead, at least scheme-wise, what Warren Central did to Crown Point a few years ago when Crown Point had Grant Galen and, and Sasha Stefanovich, which was, we're just going to get in you, we're going to beat you up, we're going to be physical, we're going to force the officials to make calls, and we're going to make you play a style or play against guys you can't or against athleticism you can't duplicate in your practices. I was, and, I was just going to ask about the the officiating, how you thought it was officiated for such a high-profile game. Other than, like other, this. other than the ridiculous technical call on Kiefer to start the game or the early part of the game, they, it was it was officiated fine. I mean, there were certainly some questionable calls, but it, it went both directions. Sure. I mean, I mean <laughs> Andrew Leeper played – he had five foul, he fouled out. He was in foul trouble the whole game. I bet he played six minutes. Ah. Uh. You know, and he picked up his third foul early in the third. They were going to keep him in there. That was fine. I swear to God, two possessions later, he picked up his fourth. Early in the fourth quarter, he was back in the game. He picked up his fifth. He was done. You know, and they were, you know, and they were getting solid play from from Quinn Harmon. And and, and I'm trying to think who the other guy was that played. They, they didn't play any of the the Cal Puikis, uh Kyron or Caleb, both of whom were. Um, Caden, sorry, both of whom were transfers from Carmel. But I mean, Grant Simmons was really good, and he's been he's been that way since he's been back. Yep. And it was basically just Lawyer and Goody getting clean shots, and Lawyer was hitting them, and Goody wasn't. Um, Kiefer was yelling the whole game. Goody only shoots; he won't pass it. I bet Goody had five or six assists. Huh. <laughs> I'm not sure that strategy worked because don't get me wrong as, as much as good he struggled to hit his shot he he was making plays he did a good job and he rebounded well to him say, really he, he does a, he does a nice job rebounding too yeah he does he re he rebounds his position i mean he's the biggest player on homestead he has to you know he has to he has to rebound his position so uh you've done best team i'll do best team best team i saw this week was carmel uh, the way they dissected Pike, uh, you know, and Pike was trying to get into him. Pike was trying to be aggressive with him. And it was funny watching. <laughs> it was funny watching Charlie, because Charlie Williams has been playing really well lately. It was funny watching him try to try to finish at the basket because Pike's got two basically massive football players. Um let me get their names here real quick. Dewan Pearson, who is 6'6 and probably 270, 
Um, and then Kyra Montgomery is the big name from a football perspective. He's 6'5 and probably, I don't know, I'm spitballing here. He's probably 230. And he's built like a prototypical defensive end where Dewan Pearson is built like a, a nose tackle. But both look like, I mean, Montgomery's definitely a Division One football player. Pearson looks like he could be. And it reminds me of the days of of, of Britt Berry and, and Sean Heffern from Carmel, both of whom went on to play football at Indiana. They're both were Division One athletes. And even though they weren't Division One basketball players, they could do some things athletically. And that's what Pearson and Montgomery give for Pike. And primarily, they're, they're rim protectors. And it was kind of funny watching early in the game, watching those guys bounce off Pearson, especially. And then in the, as the game progressed, have second thoughts about doing it. It was, <laughs> it was funny to see them sort of individually, the, each kid kind of change tactics. Uh, you know, the game early on was, um, got guys like Josh Wack and being really aggressive, getting downhill and, and he made a couple plays. And when you've got situations like that and you've got Frischie coming off the bench who can who can guard multiple positions for Carmel, when you've got those kind of guys making plays on the offensive end, two of whom, both of whom are really good defenders, it starts to open things up for Suter. It starts to open things up from Waddell. And uh, both those guys were, were good. Carmel at one point led by 24. Pike kind of cut it back, uh, but, but they never really put the game in doubt. Although I, I know Osborne was displ- was displeased a couple times because it looked like we were kind of letting foot off the gas, or they were. Sorry, I'm not on the team. <laughs> um, but they looked good, and I was it was it was going to be a good week for them because, um, you know their their schedule's not not easy at any turn. So they they had a good weekend, and their game against Pike was was pretty impressive and they did not let Conwell get going. Uh, they did not, Loudon didn't get any shots and, and he could be more aggressive offensively off the ball as well as with it. But uh, Devin Woods was the one kid that got kind of going in the second half for Pike. Uh, but then they made it tougher on him and, and the, the, at that point the game was over. So, um, so Karma was my best team of the week. Who was your best player of the week or your best performance? Uh, best performance probably would have been freshman Bronte or Tay Johnson from Fort Wayne Northside. Okay. Nice. I'd heard some things about him, so I wanted to see him yesterday. Got to see him. He came over here to South Bend, Washington. Uh, Fort Wayne Northside, really young. Play They play – a bunch of sophomores and a couple freshmen, juniors. Uh, but Bronte, he impressed me. He finished with 22 and six, probably had five or six assists also on top of that. Uh, he brings it up for him. He's about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, maybe. He's already kind of strong. Uh, got a little swag to him also. Talks a little bit. I like that. That's why one of the reasons I like I like A. Vance. I was going to ask how A. Vance was in that game if he – if he was uh, pumping his dudes up or if he was laid back in that one. He, he was communicating, no question, like to, to his teammates. they Look, Lawrence North does kind of play possession basketball. They, they do slow things down. If they can't turn you over, they are going to come down and get set up 
and and run their stuff. And a lot of time it starts with a weave out top and then they move it into something else. Um, so he, he does direct traffic to start most possessions that aren't just loose balls or, you know, rebounds. Right. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't anything noticeable from a, you know, from a verbal, from, you know, verbal sparring. It just, it was a weird game. I, I, again, I tweeted that. I thought it was unusual. There, it wasn't, um, it just wasn't as physical. It wasn't as competitive as I would have thought it would be. Right. That probably benefited Homestead a little bit. I mean, although they're strong kids, I mean, you know, I mean, Goody's, Goody's a strong kid. I mean, Hughes is probably a little thicker than he is, but, but, you know, not, not by a lot. Um, so but, out, outcome and final score wise, it probably lived up to its hype. You're saying. You have to get completely back that game. Yeah. On the surface, yeah. <laughs> it, it was great. It was a overtime game. It was tight. It was, you know, each, even the, even though I lost by five, really the overtime period was one possession game. Right. You know, Noblesville scored for Noblesville. Lawrence North scored first and then didn't score again in the set in the overtime period. Right. And, but I, I just thought it was weird because I just, I was surprised schematically. I, I would hope if, if that ends up being a state championship game, which it could very well be, the they have a different approach. But sorry, that was, that was my fault. Get back to that one. Yes, damn it. <laughs> More on Bronte. Go so Bronte. Yeah, Bronte. I guess if he can bring it up, gets to the basket, can finish hard at the rim too. Uh, loves to get in your face on defense. Uh, I, I just really liked him as a freshman. I mean, he really stepped up and played hard and was – you wouldn't know he was a freshman if, if you didn't look at the roster. Yeah, we're starting to get a decent decent list of freshmen. The, the, the problem is going to be outside of a few kids in this area that are finding the ones that aren't playing varsity. Yeah. You know, and, and making sure that we're – but that's what the spring and summer is for too. So that's – we don't have any any sort of list – published list of freshmen and would never do that. We would, I would never do that until the end of May anyway, which would give us a good two months of normal AAU to watch kids. And, but there's still a pretty, pretty good group of kids that are, that are contributing on varsity. So he's definitely one of them. Yep. Yep. Statistically, at least he's having the biggest impact in the Fort Wayne area. I mean, I can't think of anybody else. Right, freshman wise, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, he'll he'll average a double double, I would assume, if not next year's junior and senior years. Yeah, how big is he? How tall is he? I know he's thin, but how tall is he? I would I'd say six three or six four. Yeah. If he, and I don't know if he's done growing or not. Well, my best player, the performance of the week was was Fletcher Lawyer. I mean, the kid's got a beautiful shot. And it's not his fault Lawrence North left him open <laughs> for most of the game. And he took advantage of it, you know, and he, and he, uh, in, including hitting one from the volleyball line. Then he hit one. He did have two contested shots, I should say, because the, the one he hit one late in the, in regulation where he, Ellen had tied it. 
Um, Homestead took a quick lead again. Then Ellen came down, hit a three, took a lead, and then Lawyer hit a three and took the lead right back. So it was kind of back, you know, that was the one time in the game where it was back and forth. And that that stretch was certainly fun to watch, but it but it still it was a lawyer taking a lot of wide open shots and, and kudos to his teammates for finding him. I mean, there was a ton of plus ones, a, a ton of plus one passing going on. Homestead was did a Grammy. I should not, you know, I don't ever mean to take anything away from how they play it. Again, it's not their fault. They found the open guy. And they were patient enough to make sure the open guy was lawyer or good. And if, if those guys didn't have a shot, it was probably because the mid, the, the paint was wide open and they, they made the next pass. So I mean, lawyer was really good. I'd like to see what he does when he's really crowded. When he's run off the line, didn't see the cathedral game, watched a little bit of the Warren central game on on video, that's hard to tell. But, you know, I know they struggled. You know, they went to overtime with Cathedral. They went to overtime with Lawrence North. And they, they you know, it was a, a one-possession game with Warren Central, too. So, um, and they are unscathed. They're undefeated. So, Lawyer was, but and Lawyer's was the reason why they won. His, his hot shooting. So, so lawyer was my best performance of the week. So what, uh, what are some games, what, what are a game or two you're looking forward to seeing this week before we get to our reads? Yeah. So this week we've got a couple hot teams playing here in Mishawaka on Wednesday night. Uh, Marquette Catholics coming over here and playing against Mishawaka cavemen. So always love it when I can drive 10 minutes away and get a good game like that. Uh, Marquette Catholics won 11 in a row. Mishawaka has won eight in a row. So that's Wednesday night. That's the one I'm looking at this week. It's, it's funny you mentioned 10 minutes away. I, a couple of years ago, I charted out like Carmel. I took Carmel, Westfield, Noblesville, Garen, Brebuff. I, I think it was like eight schools, North Central. It, it wasn't even Lawrence. It was basically schools I could e easily get to either on Meridian or Keystone nor without using the interstate. Yep. And I think I, I looked at, if you looked at a calendar on regular Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, or Friday night, I'm sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday nights, I thought there were only like six or seven days among those days where there wasn't a game like right by me within a 10 minute drive. Right. And thinking how nice of a gas savings that's going to be someday. I'll have plenty of basketball. I'll have plenty of basketball to watch when I'm right. When I'm old right. and I'm Ubering to can't drive anymore. And I'm Ubering to games. And... <laughs> well, there's plenty of games to me close to me too, but they're not always, games I would want to go sit through yeah I get yeah we got a little bit yeah. I could stretch it out a little bit add cathedral to that mix add pike add yeah. north and university LC. right there by you also yeah so yeah that'll be that'll be me in my 80s when I'm when I'm getting starting to get to the point where I shouldn't be driving so uh games I'm looking forward to this week I do want to throw out the city finals tomorrow night cathedral versus Crispus Attics 
basically that tournament went at least to the quarterfinals and and uh, and beyond, according to chalk. The, the, the semifinals were what we thought it would be. Uh, Cathedral beat Tenley, and Christmas Addicts beat Covenant Christian. Covenant Christian, two A school, having a great year. They're going to be a factor to two A state tournament. And uh, so then the matchup tomorrow night is what everybody thought it would be: Cathedral versus Christmas Addicts. They they do seat out those two teams each year in the city. And so it's, it's good. They, they get a, they get a one round by and then they play their way up the rest of the way. And so that's going to be the matchup tomorrow night at Arsenal tech high school. You know, it's unfortunate this time of year, we, we're not, a, not everybody's able to go to games. Tech is one of the cooler gyms in the state. It's, um, I enjoy watching games there. There's not a bad seat in that place. It's multiple levels. There's plenty of space. And then you just look at some of the names on the wall, the guys that have played there. And it's um, it's not as hallowed grounds as Christmas Addicts is Jim, as far as the names on the wall, but right. still some still some pretty good names. So um Saturday's the unique day where it's again, we're getting these afternoon games. I'm guessing just because there's not any fans beyond beyond immediate family or, or a small, you know, small assortment of fans. It's I'm easier to play it. an afternoon game. Yeah. I'm liking it getting the two games on a Saturday. Yeah. I don't mind it. Any, anything like that. It's like when the title nine became the push and they started moving boys games off of Friday and Saturday on, in, on the weeknights. It's like, that's fine with me. That's just more basketball for me. Um, South Bend Adams plays at Warren central four thirty on Saturday. Then Jeffersonville, who's not having a great year. But they are uh, – they're playing at Lawrence North. It, it gives me a chance to see Will Lovings Watts and then Brandon Reiser-Jones. Brandon Reiser-Jones is a transfer to Jeffersonville from Jefferson Town, Kentucky. We've written a little bit about him at the beginning of the year. We talked a little bit about him in our one of our preview podcasts. Uh, it would be my first chance to see him play. Just a nice – probably – Mix between D2, D1 guard, 6'4", 6'5", wing, who evidently can really shoot it. So looking forward to seeing him play Saturday, assuming that game sticks. But then, but I'll get a chance to see South and Adams play too, and yep. and there'll be a good a good day of basketball. So, yep. If I, one more for me would be Friday night. Uh, Carroll Fort Wayne Carroll is going to Snyder, so that'd be that'll be a good one. To see. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll yeah. definitely be a good one. Contrasting of styles there. Yeah. Although Carroll's been a little bit more, a little bit more punch this year than they have offensively. But uh, Beasley usually Beasley is willing to play games in the 30s and 40s if he has to. Uh huh. And that's fine. We win games, man. Let's go. Um. Ready for our sponsor, our read? Yeah, let's do it. Hit it. Box Out Sports, leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo, boxoutsports.com. And remember, like I always say, it's not just for basketball. You can do it for football teams, volleyball teams, baseball, softball, everything. There's something for you on there, high schools. Check it out. Yeah, we're trying to incorporate it more on our site as well. 
the stuff that we're doing and so, and you're doing a good job with that and and now that i'll be not working on other work this week we'll be able to do a little bit more with it probably with a couple of new features coming up this week so we'll we'll get those out we're not we won't talk about them now but we'll get them out on the on the published side at least Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Do us a favor and, and subscribe and do us a favor and give us a rating and review. We appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast each week. Our numbers have, have grown, so that's good. And it, it's, it's, good to, it's good to be heard. And it's, it's good to be able to see games and, and keep this thing going because we were running out of material. Yes. We were running out of material in September. Luckily, we had the fall league and then we had this when we had the high school season. So, right. All right. Hot take time. Let's oh, go. Let's close geez. this out. Come on. I don't know. You go first. Nope. Hell no. Nope. Uh, no, I'm going last. I'm going last, dropping the mic, and we're signing off. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers brings the buck that brings the Packers back to win this one. <laughs> All easy, right, we need to start. We need to start. We need to start imposing some rules on this hot take. It's got to be right. about high school basketball. Oh, okay. Okay. You got one real quick. Uh, home, Homestead <laughs> went. Homestead, Lawrence North in the state. And Homestead wins again. Oh, you're just you just feeding off what mine was going to yep. be. Yep. Yep. Uh, my hot take is pretty simple. After watching Lawrence North and Homestead play yesterday, I'm convinced that the top two teams in the state of Indiana are Carmel and Cathedral. There it is. We're done. All right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Lawrence North and Carmel eventually. And I'm looking forward to Homestead and the regionals. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, so hopefully the Hounds get into the state finals. I'm I'm going to be a homer. I don't care. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, it, I know we're not going to discuss them, but Cathedral looked awfully, awfully good against Carmel. And uh, and the good news was, was Carmel was right there with them. So fun stuff. Jack, good job this week. Yeah, and thanks. like I said to everybody else, thanks for listening. Bye.